Good morning. I'm Jeff Brown, a worship associate and member of the Unitarian Universalist Area Church. At Seems like Jeff might be muted or uh, frozen. Well, welcome everybody to our Sunday morning worship. It is so lovely to have you all here uh, joining us online. We are the Unitarian Universalist Area Church at First Parish in Sherborne. I am Reverend Heather Concanon, the Minister of Faith Formation and we are so glad that you are joining us this morning. Thanks, Heather. <clears throat> and I have some announcements. First of all, uh, my daughter, Ella, said that I don't smile enough on Zoom. So I'm trying to smile more so I don't look angry at the screen. <laughs> I have a few announcements. Uh, number one is Zoom is experiencing some technical difficulties this morning. So just bear with us if that happens. If we like all crash together, then we'll invite us to sign back on once more. And if not, then we'll... I don't know. We'll see each other next week. We'll, we're all in this together. We'll do what we can do. Um, a few of the usual and some unusual announcements. Number one is annual meeting. It's going to be on June 7th. We're going to do that at 7 p.m. You'll get notification about that coming up. Jessica James, who was our intern um, last year and the year before that, is getting ordained on June 21st. And um, we're going to join her uh, that worship service, which is being hosted by the Congregation of New London, Connecticut. And you saw an announcement in the email if you want to um, send a, uh, a blessing on the tracing of your hand, all the details are in Dara's email, but we encourage us to do that. I'm gonna do the prayer for Jessica as she enters into ministry. Um, we're almost at the end of pledge season. This is your opportunity to support our community in every financial way that you can. Um, it takes all of us to shape our community, so a pledge, no matter how small or how large, we welcome them all. Other than that, stay for coffee hour, grab a chalice, check your weekly emails for all news and announcements. If you're new, welcome. Fill out a, a new, vis new visitor card in the chat box. And last but not least, let's greet each other by waving into our screens. Good morning. In these hard times, there will always be singing, always be singing in these hard times. In these hard times, there will always be singing, always be singing in these hard times. In these hard times, there will always be singing, always be singing in these hard times. Yes, there will always be 
these hard times, there will always be singing, always be singing in these hard times. We thank our choir as our opening words get shared on our screen. I will lead the first part and uh, Heather will lead the second. You're invited just to uh, respond um, with Heather into your muted microphone. Tell your mind to come, to be open, do not be afraid, stay as heart. You simply be in the space in which everything happens. Everything comes and goes in the stillness of your peace. This is your power, this is your strength. Stay as the great space. You may start off as a person, but you end up as the presence. Don't wait for presence, be presence. You just be empty and stop thinking about the future. Nobody has ever experienced the future. You are only ever now. Morning, everyone. One more slide. There's one more slide. <laughs> oh, pardon me. If you run now, you are running away from the one you should be running away from. Running away with the one you should be running away from. You don't need to run. Don't wait for the future. You are, you now. are now. Let yourself be empty. All right, Sarah, now it is your turn. Take it away. Now, good morning. Hi. Um, our first hymn this morning is Hush, and that is a spiritual, a song written by enslaved African Americans in the 1800s. And like all spirituals, it expresses a longing for freedom from those specific people in that context. Um, we must always carry that and affirm that in our singing of these songs. And we can also hear in the words of the song, hope and perseverance in hard times. Let's sing together.
And if you have a chalice, I invite you to grab it now. We will say together our covenant as we light our chalice. Love is the spirit of this church and service is law. This is our great covenant to dwell together in peace, to seek truth in love, and to help one another. to invite any young people who are here today who would like to see our wonder box up close uh, to come forward to the screen and anyone else who is a little further away who wants to see what's in the wonder box it's going to be small details to come on up so here we have our wonder box inside is book to read you this morning and one of the things that's actually really great about zoom is that you can see the pictures way more closely than if we were in the sanctuary so I'm going to read you this story and show you these pictures and it's a, a book called the boy with big big feelings and I picked this book because I think some of us might be having some big feelings right now I know I have had some big feelings I know the people I live with have had some big feelings. Lots of people I've talked to have had big feelings. And, well, you'll see why I like this book. There once was a boy with feathery hair and a heart that was bursting with feeling. His emotions seemed bigger than everyone else's and sometimes they made him go reeling. When playing outside on the yellowest days, a loud truck might rumble on by. And wouldn't you know it, that big heart of his would push feelings right out of his eyes. At night when the shadows would form on the walls and fear would steal all of his rest, those feelings of his made it so hard to breathe as they jumped up and down on his chest. Sometimes when his play had come to an end, or when things didn't go as he'd planned, the feelings would run down the length of his arms and clench when they got to his hands. He felt happy feelings as big as the others, from tickles and hide-and-go-seek, and jokes and races and stories and songs that made feelings glow from his cheeks. 
Beautiful things would stick in his mind and not leave him for hours and hours. The fur of a dog, a fluffy white cloud, his mama, a banjo, some flowers. But when someone he'd lo he loved had a very hard day, he'd feel he'd been over-equipped to feel all their feelings as deeply as they, which would quiver right out of his lip. He wondered, why me? Why this big giant heart in a world that's so heavy and kind, where all of the feelings under the sun feel as if they were made to be mine. So the boy tried to stuff all his feelings deep down to control what he thought he should hide, afraid that the others would make fun of him if they saw all he felt deep inside. Would they think he was weak? Dramatic? Afraid? Would they call him a wimp or a baby? If they saw the big thumping heart in his chest, would they not want to play with him maybe? <clears throat> but while swinging one day, feeling oh so alone, he noticed a girl feeling blue. He marveled, what's that? Could it be? Yes, indeed. Her emotions were extra big, too. Are you okay? The boy asked the girl. I'm fine. Just sometimes I get sad. He said, you do? Hey, I get sad, too. I get scared and silly and mad. The two became pals who shared their big hearts, not feeling they had to pretend. When they needed to cry or to laugh big and loud, since feelings had helped make them friends. And soon they noticed there were other big hearts in the classroom, the playground, the bus. And they smiled as they learned that it wasn't just them. Big emotions affect all of us. The boy and his friends slowly felt less alone with the feelings that li lived deep inside them. Emotions might feel big and scary sometimes, but that is no reason to hide them. And that's the end. So I picked this book because like I said, I think people might be having big feelings. Big feelings are true all of the time, but they can be especially true when we are in stressful situations. And when our routines get changed, that can be a very stressful situation for us or for our families or for other people we love. And if you are having big feelings, I know that like the boy in the book, we can't um, talk to our friends at school in person in that same way but there are so many people that we can share our feelings with. So if you're having big feelings and you need to talk to somebody about them, I know that it helps to carry the, to share the load. It gets, our loads get lighter when we share them. So if you want to call your grandparents or uh, a friend on the phone or reach out to me or Reverend Nathan or Emily, 
If you're having big feelings or talk to your parents or your siblings, if you're having big feelings that you need help carrying, we invite you to reach out, and this is for everybody of all ages, to reach out and share those big feelings because they, like the boy in the book, we don't have to carry them alone. We're going to transition now to our call to prayer. Oh, you can keep it up with Sarah. Singing There is a Love. The words will be posted in our chat box, but please join Sarah in singing. into our time of prayer and meditation and stillness, we invite you to use the chat box to lift up prayers. We will start with prayers for loved ones. If you have somebody who you are holding in your heart, who you'd like other people to be praying for, please share it now in the chat box. And for all these prayers for loved ones, as they keep coming in, we light a candle. And we also hold all of the things that are happening in our world, all of the things that are happening to communities far away from us. We lift up these prayers for the world now.
And for all of these prayers for the world, knowing that there can feel like there are too many to name, we light a second candle. And we lift up prayers of thanksgiving, knowing that the practice of noticing, of lifting up gratitude, is an essential and sustaining practice in tough times. I invite you to lift up all of the things that you are holding in your heart as gratitude and thanksgiving right now in our chat box. And for all of these prayers of thanksgiving and for the wondrous and beautiful things that sustain us, we light a final candle. And let us join together in a spirit of prayer. Holy One, present to us when we least expect it, Startle us into noticing what is right here, what is right now, what is right in front of us. Sometimes we get ahead of ourselves, waiting, anticipating, expecting, planning, not quite living here, here and now, spending too much time in the past or the future. Holy One, help us to stay grounded in the here and now. Startle us into noticing the beauty, the heartbreak that is right here, right now, this moment, where so much is still possible, where so much is still beautiful, where so much is still happening. Holy One, comfort us into being at peace with what is, with what is present, with what is now. Let us rest together in several moments of shared silence. Amen.
What to Remember When Waking by David White. In that first hardly noticed moment to which you wake, coming back to this life from the other more secret, movable, and frighteningly honest world where everything began, there is a small opening into the new day which closes the moment you begin your plans. What you can plan is too small for you to live. What you can live wholeheartedly will make plans enough for the vitality hidden in your sleep. To be human is to become visible while carrying what is hidden as a gift to others. To remember the other world in this world is to live in your true inheritance. You are not a troubled guest on this earth. You are not an accident amidst other accidents. You were invited from another and greater night than the one from which you have just emerged. Now, looking through the slanting light of the morning window toward the mountain presence of everything that can be, what urgency calls you to your one love? What shape waits? in the seed of you to grow and spread its branches against a future sky. Is it waiting in the fertile sea? In the trees beyond the house? In the life you can imagine for yourself? In the open and lovely white page on the waiting desk? Thank you, Jess. Thank you, David White. Um, now it's time in our service and we will receive our morning offering, um, both for the church and uh, this morning we're gonna hear from Reverend Laura Randall, who way back when in 2008 was our first ever intern and is now a staff member at the Unitarian Universalist Service Committee. A link to how to give uh, online is in the chat box and there'll also be a slide as usual at the end of the service. So Laura, we're yours. Thank you, Nathan. Hi, everyone. It's so good to see my UUAC family and be with you this morning. For those who don't know, I'm the Reverend Laura Randall, and my pronouns are she, her, hers. And I am UUSC's community minister, which means I take the values and mission of this congregation to serve the broader community through my work at the Unitarian Universalist Service Committee, better known as UUSC. I'm thrilled that UUSC has been chosen as this Sunday's Share the Plate recipient. UUSC is an international human rights organization grounded in Unitarian Universalism that has been a powerful force for justice since its founding in 1940 in response to the rise of Nazism in Europe. UUSC's work is based on a partnership model that centers the experience and leadership of the people who are most impacted by injustice. This partnership includes support to some of the scrappiest, most creative and courageous groups of people you can imagine who are working for justice around the world, often under very dangerous conditions. UUSC and our partners focus on three main areas of human rights needs now. Central American migrant justice, climate force displacement and crisis response. Currently, we're working with our partners to meet the unique challenges of the COVID-19 crisis that are having in their communities right now. 
in the South Pacific, for instance, our partners are translating previously inaccessible COVID safety materials into the Karabatsi language. In Honduras, our partners at Radio Progreso are broadcasting vital health information and accurate news to counter their government's harmful operation of misinformation amidst the pandemic. And here in the United States, we're working with our migrant justice partners on the Free the Mall campaign, seeking the immediate release of people being held in ICE detention where the COVID virus is putting thousands at risk. And much, much more. If some or all of this work intrigues you, now is your chance to be part of this vital justice movement. UUSC is able to do all that it does because people like you support our mission. Your support ensures that in these perilous times with threats to human rights expanding on all sides, our response too can expand. If you'd like to learn more about our work that we're doing at UUSC and how you can be a part of it, please visit UUSC.org. Many, many thanks UUAC. Thank you for your generosity and for your commitment to human rights in this critical time. We couldn't do this work without you. Mwah.
Round of applause for the choir, for Sarah. So friends, here's our world. Beautiful and terrible things happen. Let us be not afraid. Let us keep our hearts tender and our eyes soft and our words true. This is what you and I are about. We know there is no answer but to love each other. We bear witness against unnecessary destruction. And we gather here on this screen in community to practice being the person the world is calling us to be. We cannot do everything, but we can do something. And that something is never nothing. So let us forget our perfect offering. There is a crack in everything. And say with me if you know the words, that is how the light gets in. First and foremost, I forgot to mention during the announcements that on Tuesday, it is our own Betty Dowse's birthday. She turns 99, um, which is amazing. And uh, she, she looks like she's 20 and she acts like she's 20. And she's uh, irascible and, and, uh, and just an anchor for the, whole, for the whole community. And we're doing a birthday uh, parade for her um, on Tuesday morning. If you want to join the, the parade in your car, I should say, with police and fire engines and the whole lot, join us at the church parking lot at 10.15. So um, I wanted to share what uh, happened earlier this week in our house. This is a, I loved Heather, your story about the boy with big feelings. Um, I put in the comments that I've been that boy. I am that boy. So last week, our son came downstairs uh, from his bedroom. Uh, Emma is, Emerson is, is almost 20 in July. And he walked in front of the Netflix show that Karen and I were watching, um, Schitt's Creek, which I highly recommend, by the way. Um, and he stood in front of the, the TV and he raised his uh, arms in triumph. And he declared that the physics test uh, was over. And now he was officially finished with his first year of college. And then he walked out of the living room and he went into the kitchen to get a celebratory snack of fire hot Cheetos. And then he returned back again to ask the question that I've been trying not to ask or even give space in my head to think about for fear that it would overwhelm me. And the question that he asked was, when can I? When can I go see my friends? When can I go get the stuff that I left in my dorm at spring break? And it's been there ever since. Imagine how gross that's going to be. <laughs> when can I go up to New Hampshire to the lake that my friends and I have gone to every summer since we were 12? When can I get a haircut that's not from my mom? When can I know if school is going to go back like it was before in the fall? When can I find out if my summer job is still going to happen? When can I? 
he didn't say it like this, but what he was asking was, when can I make some plans? I'm done with this now. I'm done with staying home. I'm done with homeschool. I'm done with homework. I'm done with this family I love, but see too much of because, because there is a reason that they say distance makes the heart grow fonder. I'm done with this life interrupted. When can I look past this moment, he was asking. When can I start living the future that I had planned? Because the present, well, I'm done with the present. I mean, does this sound familiar to you all? So without intending to, on that Tuesday night at 10 o'clock in May, two months into a status quo that is affecting all of us so differently depending on our income, our race, our class, our housing, our health status, our gender, our employment, or lack thereof, but it's, it's affecting all of us still. But Emerson channeled all of us. He channeled the emotions of impatience and frustration and longing and ache that I think all of us are feeling. Friends, we have baked enough. We've sown enough. We've played enough board games. We have made enough puzzles. We have Netflixed enough. We have homeschooled and homeworked enough. We have stayed at home in retirement enough. Maybe we, maybe we're even gardening enough. For God's sake, we've certainly Zoomed enough. Seriously. We want to look forward to something else. But in order to look forward, in order to make plans, we've got to have some answers. We've got to have some certainty. We've got to have some confidence about what will come next. And when we don't have the answers and the confidence and the certainty, what we have is just this. Breath, rooms, screens, bodies, jobs if we're lucky, food if we're lucky, health if we're lucky, sun, air, clouds, windows, spaces, All we've got is this, here, now. You know, I was thinking it's, it's funny. Um, in a previous lifetime, like say February, one message that I might have needed to hear is encouragement to spend a little bit less time thinking forward and running and running and running and planning and, and more encouragement to be here in the present. I mean, we've all heard the sermon. It's like standard fare for preachers in the suburbs because everybody's so busy. But now that I and you and I are like literally have nowhere else to go but here, now, this, how much I notice that I want to be somewhere else. 
Why is that? So back to Emerson now, he's back in front of the TV and his orange Cheeto covered fingers are raised an exclamation asking, when can I? And on the outside, I show up as in the dad, in the mode of dad declaration, like dad declaration mode. Maybe some of you recognize that in yourself, regardless of gender. I'm not listening, I'm just declaring. Asking with exasperation, how the hell am I supposed to know? I'm not the governor. I'm not God. And then I think I, I think I started to quote him Fauci saying, we don't decide the timeline. The virus decides the timeline. I mean, I, I got kind of angry. But I think the real reason that I was exasperated on the outside with him was because of what was going on on the inside, which is that I don't really know how to tell my child how to surrender to uncertainty. And I don't know how to tell my child how to surrender to uncertainty because I don't know how to surrender to uncertainty. I mean, they don't teach us this anywhere. There's no AP class, there's no lecture, there's no, there's no lesson, there's no sermon. Only life teaches us how to surrender to uncertainty. Only life when it comes out of the blue. When it comes with its interruptions and its surprises and its viruses and its losses and its discoveries and its detours, only life teaches us that. And the response to the question of when can I is one that I don't have. Instead of asking that, what I want to ask of myself is, well, who am I supposed to be? What kind of pers person is this time asking me to be? It's really annoying. It's really frustrating. It's really frustrating to, um, to be interrupted, to have your Netflix escape be interrupted by a, a child giving voice to the exasperation that you feel over not having the answers you need. The person I'm trying to be, though, is not that exasperated person. 
of all the protests that need to happen right now, Emerson does not need my protest. Instead, the person I want to be and the parent I want to be is who after some time of trying to watch the show but can't anymore because he's upset with himself, is the person who files, fi follows the child upstairs, who gently raps on the door, and after hearing the soft grunt, opens this door and stands at the foot of his bed. The person I want to be is the person who foregoes the small talk about sports because there aren't any sports to small talk about. And instead, the person I want is the person who's going to be here now with his son over the sadness of all the losses. The person who will be with him over the no joy joy of completing one's classes by hitting the send button on your screen. The person is going to be there with him who suddenly feels the loss of everything being canceled. The person is going to be with him in the unfixable uncertainty of whatever next year is going to bring. That's the person I want to be. That's the person I try to be as I apologize to him for my exasperation, for my frustration, because that's what he needs more than me answering him, when can I? He just needs my presence. Do you know what I mean? He just needs me to be here now. Are you exasperated? Are you weary? Are you tired? Do you hear yourself asking, when can I, even in the dark, when you think no one is listening? I mean, of course you are. This is hard. And many of us are the lucky ones. Not one of us is an honors student at surrendering to uncertainty. Not a single one of us. There are 162 devices on the screen this morning. Not one single person is good at surrendering to uncertainty. Friends, give yourself a break. Watch what you gotta watch to escape a little while. But then, when you're ready, I want us to set aside the questions of when can I for a little while. And I want us to wrap instead on the door of who and how am I supposed to be the person 
this moment is asking me to be. Who is calling you to come upstairs and be here now with them? Maybe you're the one who is calling. Be people of big feelings. Be people who share, people who come together, people who cry, people who wipe away tears, people who listen, people who know when it's time to give themselves a break and escape the hurt, and also people who are willing to be fortified, to not pretend, to be with each other in the hard moments of dealing with the uncertainty of what comes next. I love you all, amen. Sarah. I invite everyone to join in singing The Lone Wild Bird. The lyrics will be in the chat box. Thanks. Let us say together our call to ministry, these words, our expression of our faith lived out into the world. They're in our chat box. We go forth into the world in peace to act with works of love, to affirm each person's dignity, and to cherish the living earth. So friends, in that first hardly noticed moment to which you awake and you come back to this life from the other secret life, there's a small opening to you into the new day, which closes the moment you begin making your plans. What you can plan is too small for you to live. What you can live wholeheartedly will make plans enough for the vitality hidden in your sleep. Because to be human is to become visible while carrying what is a hidden as a gift to others.
Each of you, each of us are that gift. Let us go forth until next week. And if you'd like to, please do stay for a coffee hour. Don't stay for yourself. Actually, stay for the person who's going to show up with you in the breakout room. It's actually one way that we can be generous with our presence to somebody else and provide a, just another listening opportunity for each other. So stay if you feel like you have the time. With that, we'll have our postlude. And again, the link to um, how to give um, uh, and the, the how to give will be up in a second. Thanks, everybody.